We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. Hey guys, it is Tristan with Nerdette's Newsstand, and today on Ask the Experts, I brought on Liana Kay. You may know her from many of things, mostly my favorite YouTube, watching Wellness Wednesdays, and different things that we get to kind of talk about the saner side of YouTube, right? So when we were backstage, we were talking just about comics in general. We're going to start off with comics because I think that's what most people are interested in. But I do want to talk a little bit about her experiences in journalism. Ah, let's go right into it. What is your whole take on the Robin bisexual thing? I have been making a lot of jokes about the <laughs> Tim Drake thing because, okay, should I give you my jokes first or my serious take first? Uh, let's go serious. Okay, serious first. It's a completely, it's right on the line to me between pragmatic and cynical, right? There are a lot of Robins or former Robins or potential Robins bobbing around the DC universe now. Based on the subject matter, perhaps bobbing is very evocative. But, <laughs> you know, uh, Nightwing's still around. You know, Dick Grayson's still around. Um, then we've got Damian Wayne, who's sort of become the dude in, in all the things, whereas I think he's best used with John Kent. Um, but then there's always like, you know, Stephanie Brown and Carrie Kelly lurking in the background. There's all these Robins. And then you've got Tim Drake, who isn't the first Robin. He's not Batman's kid. He's not female. There's... No, and he's not the bad boy. And he's not the bad boy, right? So there's nowhere, pardon the pun, to stick him in in the the language of comics now. And so they've decided to put him back on the board, so to speak, with sort of a relevant storyline. And to me, this is far from the first time DC's done this, which is why I'm so surprised. I mean, Alan Scott comes to mind um you know the 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 JSA Green Lantern that I'm a big JSA fan um but uh you know he had a wife and kids and you know was in the closet ostensibly for decades and decades and decades he came out as gay that didn't make the big stink that Tim Drake did and I don't know if it's just because a certain cohort grew up with Tim Drake as their Robin but I mean I remember really great Green Lantern storylines when Kyle Rayner had an assistant named Terry Berg and they sort of explored, um, you know, what it was like to be a gay teen that way. Um, the, the sad truth about the cynical business of comics is that um, they predict readers cycle out every three years. So every three years, there's some big omg that that shakes things up only to revert status quo later and that's my big concern here that it's it's gonna be oh what was that x-men character that he he had aids and then it wasn't aids it was an elf disease um, uh i want to say iceman but it could be wrong 
Um, but you know, they bailed out. Beast was gay, and then North no, Star. he wasn't. North Star, North Star, right? Um, I am really concerned after all of this. Now they've left themselves in an out because I thought it was a very cute scene, right? It wasn't the whole I am gay and big speech. It's I don't know what this is. It's one date. It's one date, right? And it, I thought it was very cute on a human level. I thought the scene was well written. Um, I thought it was more true to life than some other stuff. Uh, you get certainly the stuff on the Batwoman CW show. Holy shit. Um, but my joke, when I first heard it, uh, it was like, poor Tim, Tim Drake has been a teenager since 1989. Let him date one dude. Also, uh, dating a girl who's already gotten pregnant by another dude, kind of a closet gay move. Why didn't I see it at the time? Yeah, people I get would mad when I make <laughs> jokes like that, right? That's so silly. I people need to just learn to take like nuance and basically learn how to human back and forth again. Oh. I feel like social media media has kind of made us lose any ability to just see the other person as a human and realize that it's just being silly and that's okay sometimes too i think also people get confused about what comics are and who comics are for right in japan it isn't the same problem because they recognize you know there's shoujo there's shonen there's senin there's there's all the different demarcations of comics but people who don't read comic books in the west uh, because it's much more niche here they don't realize you know, the comics DC publishes on the regular are not for children, except for specific, you know, imprints, specific titles. They're for, they're for, you know, young adults to, you know, not young adults. Whereas a lot of people know Tim Drake from cartoons or perhaps video games. Those are a different market, right? Like the Teen Titans cartoon was certainly made for kids. Right. Oh, that was certainly the, the eight to 12 demo, but the comics aren't and comics have such a relatively small reader base. Like, you know, we're talking five figures. That's not even on the radar when you look at the number of people who consume, you know, the mass media properties. So, you know, based on that, I, I it seems to be a lot of people freaking out who haven't actually read the comic books or haven't in a very long time. And so my question is, why do you care it doesn't affect you? And clearly, this is where I have to put it, say, say again, what did I say? I said, people who don't read the comics, what do you care? Why does it affect you? That is not about people who actually do read the comics. And this is where we get into a really frustrating element of working in this space, of people are so raw nerve. People are looking to get offended over everything that they don't actually stop and recognize who a comment like that is directed at it's not a broad strokes everybody it's a specific type of people with a complaint and no matter you you have to get really used to people getting pissed off about stuff you didn't say it would be i would be really really happy if one day people actually got mad at me for something i did say not something that was paraphrased or ish, if that makes sense. I, I'm willing to take crap. I'm willing to admit I'm wrong if I actually did say something bad or dumb. It's when people 
tell me I said something I didn't say or worse mean something I didn't mean. Like, are, are you Jean Grey? Are you a telepath? Awesome. Can we hang out? Um, but no, no, they're not. They mind read and, and they mind read wrong. And it just creates all this strife because people don't stop and recognize what they're actually responding to before they respond. And I actually think that's made a whole industry of YouTubers in a way, because mm -hmm. you've got, oh, this one comic professional mm -hmm. told off a troll. Guess what? Everybody in comics hates you. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's made a whole generation of people think that they're hated when actually they just, don't want to be bothered by a troll that maybe has commented a hundred times. We don't know the situation and it's, yeah, it's, it, it's monetized to an a, immense degree. And even when I think I um, started off being a little bit with my channel, a little bit more outrageous. And then I started reading the writing on the wall mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, the, you know, they're people too. And that was never directed at me. Why am I mad? Like I, you gotta kind of just take a step back and not look at it left versus right or pros versus fans. You gotta look at it as people and look. Nobody's mad at you. They want you to enjoy their books. Right. You know, it's it's crazy how far it goes. Yeah, yeah. It it and and to an extent, I do think, especially in comics, some of this is in video games, but especially in comics, the big two really cultivated a more and more and more narrow core readership, right? And they really catered to that base for many, many, many years. And then all of a sudden, they took a sudden step to the right, you jump to the left, step to the right. And all of a sudden, there was this explosion of legacy characters, right? And they didn't let them exist one by one on their own. It was all the things all at once. And so suddenly this group that they'd cultivated for many, many, many years, all of a sudden was like, wait, this thing that was super targeted for us isn't for us anymore, WTF. I get that. At this oh, yeah. point, it's been so many years though, the sales for other demographics haven't increased meaningfully. Um, I don't know why Western comics don't do what Japan does and create entire shorthands for who is this book for? So everybody can have something, right? I, I don't understand why it has to be like all the, you know, uh, I'll try to stick to DC. Um, normally it's a Marvel crowd. So I, I have to code switch <laughs> here right now. Uh, you'll notice my Superman pogo stick back there. I'm, I love it. That's I'm, so cool. It's so creepy. But, <laughs> you know, it's like there's the whole thing about the black Superman properties right now. And to me, John Henry Irons is the closest thing to a black Superman. I love John Henry Irons. I'd like a John Henry Irons story. I think the guy they've got on Superman and Lois is great. I want to see that cultivated, not black superman because of that you know black panther is not a modifier black panther has always been a black guy and mm -hmm. I, I think that groups should have their own their own heroes right like wonder woman obviously has much greater iconic status than supergirl 
because she was always Wonder Woman, right? She was never Wonder. Well, there was that brief period where what was it? The Argonaut where she was replaced by a dude. That was a dark time in Wonder Woman comics. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that the big two have to get better at creating new characters. Oh, absolutely. that, you know, that being said, I really don't think the screaming is helping anybody like nobody, including the people that I, with something like comic books, I don't understand it because I go back, you know, we're talking off air. I go back and read the old Jack Cole plastic man stories. You know, I'll go back and read Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange or, you know, the old Spectre comics or the not so old Spectre comics that John Ostrander did a run on. Um, I'll go back and read those. Those aren't gone. You know, um, nobody's taking anything from you. You don't have to continue to buy stuff. Right. There's plenty of um, there's plenty of moves in, in the. Um, in the cinematic universes these days that I haven't liked. Okay. I didn't like those. I freaking love suicide squad. Right. Oh, I'm going to so focus good. on that. So good. So good. <laughs> I mean, total reimagining of a lot of those characters, but still in, so but, good. in a better way. That's what James Gunn does. Right. He used Z-less characters that nobody knows the backstory to. So he doesn't have to have polka dot man just pulling polka dots off his costume and throwing yeah. them at people. Right. They actually was like, what? Whoa. Okay. I'm down. <laughs> you know, um, let's focus on the stuff we like and companies because I wear so many hats and because I deal with so many different elements of the industry. Um, you know, I I hear what these various brands are thinking. I, I hear, you know, back channels from friends and nobody is, it, there isn't a woke agenda in the way people think. What it is, is that people, things like Disney Plus, these streaming services, right? Early adopters tend to be white men. That's just the way technology works. Right. So they launch a service. And when a service first starts, it tends to be white men because that's who's going to take a chance on stuff. As the service matures, like a Netflix or an Amazon Prime, they have to start adding stuff that's going to appeal to a larger demographic. Now, Disney Plus is different because it's Disney. Every single Disney property works on the formula of you have a character for the mom, a character for the dad, a character for the son, a character for the daughter. There must be something in every show that appeals to those, you know, nuclear family members. And then whatever you got left, do whatever you want. And that's why so many of these characters tend to be multiple things. So they can, oh, black people watch TV, Hispanic people watch TV. Okay, we want to we wanna cultivate that demographic too, right? You know, oh, we've got these brands that appeal to teen girls, but we've got these brands that appeal to 35 plus women. Those are the big demographics right now, right? 35 plus women, that's where you, the way you see all these female characters. Now, nothing I have said is some sort of political agenda, right? It's about money. 
Yeah. That's a that's totally different thing. That's a yeah. totally different thing. You cannot get angry and get really, really ragey and talk, you know, the shareholders at Disney into doing things they think are going to make them less money. It's all about money. And the problem is the threats of boycotts don't work because it used to be 18 to 24 male that was the primary demo. When I was back working in television, the show I did was very clearly aimed at 18 to 24-year-old men. Now it's 35-plus women that the advertisers want everywhere. So, so what if men don't watch? They don't care anymore. And people get mad when I say that, but it's like that's just the very cutthroat capitalist element of the business. That's who they want. That's who they're going to appeal to. It will shift again into something else. But for the time being, screaming about woke when it's actually about, you know, capitalism just just makes people seem very silly to the people who are making the decisions. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of times you hear the uh, people get upset when you say, well, it wasn't made for you. I don't see any issue with realizing that something like I am not Starfire wasn't made for me. Right. I can take yeah. a look at it and I can judge it for what it's doing. Like as far as, you know, is it good writing? Is the dialogue make sense? Does this, but if it's not made for me, that's okay. There needs to be demographics in every for net. You use Netflix. There's shows yeah. on there that I love like umbrella Academy, but there's shows on there that I would never even come across. Unless right. somebody else recommended it. Right, it's right, right. It's supposed to be all-encompassing. And right. all-encompassing has become problematic nowadays for some reason. And I don't quite understand it. Yeah, I I do start to feel a bit fatigued when I I feel like something is trying to pander to me and falls flat. Uh, a lot of the Marvel stuff feels that way to me. Um, and I think that I wish that creators came at it in a place of what kind of mindset, like if you like this stuff, are you going to like this as opposed to this is for women, right? Because so many of these, like the Black Widow movie was a shining example of a movie that was about womanhood, not about Natasha Romanoff, kick-ass kick interesting individual. Um, I don't know if you've seen that yet. Oh, yeah. I was actually yeah. going to ask you what you thought of it, because I think I'm a little opposite of you where I'm like, I felt that that subjugation before. And I really loved that movie for its part of it where I get what you're saying. But that movie to me was like, wow, like Except this was for the girls. We've already had her. Well, not for the girls, though. I wanted a Natasha Romanoff story. Exactly. And see, and I think I just. Uh, it just appeals to me on a different level. And maybe because I see the Disney formula, because what have you got? She's the the character the sons are going to like, right? So you've got Red Guardian for the dads and Rachel Weiss pig torturing super spy oh, mom yeah. for the moms. And then you got Yelena, who I thought was great for the daughters, but it's still the nuclear family Disney formula. And I'm like, can you please not fucking do this in this movie. She was done so dirty. Can we please just have her a Natasha Romanoff movie? Cause we're not going to get another chance. And again, if somebody liked black widow, I think it's great. You know, there are people I know who like captain Marvel. 
I wasn't as crazy on it as some people. Um, not for the same reasons as other people who didn't like it. But if people like it, great. Because again, I'm coming at it from a very specific perspective. Right. right? What my expectations are going in, what I want from it is quite frankly colored, you know, tainted by me having to keep my mouth shut knowing what Joss Whedon was about while he was making the Avengers and all the shit he did to her. I'm like, fuck you. This is not innocent, you know? Yep. Um, and so I just wanted to see a movie about her where she wasn't fighting misogynistic patriarchy, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, and I do get that. Yeah. And I mean, there's no right or wrong here, right? We're having a good conversation about what we liked and what we didn't like. And it's a difference between do we want relevant entertainment, escapist entertainment, or a combination of both? You know, a combination of both is difficult to do, Yeah, but it is possible. I think it helps that I dipped out of the MCU very early and I stopped reading Marvel comics there for a long time too. Right. I didn't come back on until Black Widow. So oh, everything wow. so I have seen, I've not seen Captain Marvel. I've not seen Black Panther. These The formula to me is restarting because it's been so long. So I'm looking at it from just so a brand new perspective. Any of the Avengers stuff? I seen um, Infinity War. That was the last movie I saw, but I oh, didn't so see the, you any the of the Ant-Man. That, that makes complete sense. Yep. And yeah. I... I dipped out. I was like, these aren't, these aren't for me. They're not good. And I came back on and I was shocked with WandaVision. I'm like, I love this. I, I, I do. I, and, and obviously if it's going for that demographic again, I'm, I, I'm 34 years old. I fit right there. So I love it. It was just something that I could enjoy. And now coming back into the MCU, I, I enjoyed that was the first movie back. See, it's I do think there is some fatigue and I do see again. I'd like I really thought WandaVision was a super interesting concept that got super messy at the end. Oh, yeah. And I <laughs> see that it took too long to get into it. The ending felt like a complete rewrite. And I was so on Team Agatha that. Because, you know, you, you hit an age where, as a woman, you're not cute anymore. And you start relating to characters like Agatha more than characters like Wanda. Yeah, I and, totally get it. You know, I was like, no, Agatha's 100% right. Wanda has all this power she can't handle. Why shouldn't someone who can, you know, you know take the wheel? kind of thing <laughs> you know it the more the show went on the more i was like um uh what is happening uh i thought um elizabeth olsen and blanking on the guy who played vision they had excellent old school sitcom timing uh he was doing a really great Vic, dick van dyke um and the problem for me like as somebody who works in media is like oh yeah I'm being marched through how sitcoms got much less charming as the, the years <laughs> went on. And I'm like, oh, my God. See, I I was never into the whole modern family era of sitcoms. So I'm sitting there going, wow, they've just made her an utterly 
terrible, neglectful parent. This isn't the fun magic show of episode two anymore. And then it's all okay. She knows who she is. And I'm like, yeah, and what then it was happened? Like, I, see, my thing was like, I know a lot of people were upset when um, the whole, she imprisoned everybody in their mind and she walks out and, and Monica's like, they'll never know what you give up. And I'm still like crying because the babies disappeared. I'm still in that like, Oh my God, every single kid is kryptonite to me. Did, did you not know the backstory with those characters? Oh yeah. I mean, from the comics. Right. I didn't right. know from the show, from the movies. Cause that, I mean, that's the problem I'm having with everything but Falcon and Winter Soldier. Cause it was just like a straight up adventure story. And the things they pulled from the comics weren't integral to the plot. So I'm like, okay, I actually don't know what's going to happen here. But every other show, it's like, yeah, here come the twins. And then there go the twins. And I guess, you know, Mephisto's going to show up in the Doctor Strange movie at some point. Uh, you know, Kang's heavily tied into that whole backstory, too. Yeah. Um, and the the lack of surprise, um, as opposed to something like, you know, a Guardians of the Galaxy, where they completely reimagine a lot of those characters. And so... I can have a new experience. I just, I'm like, why am I paying money to see a story I've already seen? You know? No, I totally do get it. Yeah. I just think, um, especially with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I didn't, again, watch until recently, the reimagining of, like, ego and stuff. Like, DC needs James Gunn. They like, absolutely do. Yeah. Drax the Destroyer was not that in the books right no, not, he, he was not, not that and i'm watching it going all right this is cool i mean guardians of the galaxies was a movie i'd never thought i'd see i was a big rocket Groot fan and i'm like this is this is like this it's never gonna be a movie and then when they said they were making a movie i'm like oh god how are they gonna disneyfy this and then they they didn't um you know the the star lord thing i think um, I would have preferred he not be a womanizer off the top, but overall, James Gunn is so good at breathing fresh life into these, these ensemble films that, yeah, I, I wish Marvel would start making more mashups, you know, like yeah. characters in, I want to see a rom-com with like Jimmy Woo and Darcy, you know. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> yeah, let let give me something that isn't big drama, right? I don't need the big CGI cloud ending. Just give me a good story. Give me six to ten episodes that I can connect to instead of getting really invested in a concept and then totally going, oh, well, this has become the expected thing granted i i have again because i've been in the industry so long you have to kind of go like you said not for me right most yep. people aren't aren't coming into it with um uh with that and so again when something like suicide squad is just amazing to me that's what i focus on instead of the stuff that was more formulaic it when you 
get an understanding of how hard it is to get everything made, you're not surprised by the reductive crap. It's the stuff that actually manages to resist what what we call the shitifier, the stuff that manages to resist the 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 blanding, right? Those inspire because they get made despite the system, not because of it. I wish I knew more. I don't know anything about behind the scenes. I'm just the consumer at this point. So um, what was it like for you when did you find out with, with the whole knockout issue in DC Comics? How did that all come about? Was it were you known before? Was it known before or was it like, hey, like, guess what? <laughs> the the Scandal Savage knockout yeah. with the girlfriend <laughs> thing in, in uh, Secret Six Eight. Um, I met Gail at a convention. I was cosplaying knockout um big new gods fan bit like the whole apocalypse jack kirby thing big barda knockout i mean people freak out about muscular women now but sorry like kirby <laughs> kirby liked him thick right and a lot of cosplay for me is hey i could cosplay characters where my boobs were actually an asset instead of a reason i got called fat I grew up in the 90s. Kate Moss was the ideal woman. It was a dark time <laughs> for me. <laughs> and so things like Power Girl and Knockout, like I'm like, I can cosplay these characters. And I really liked uh, what Gail was doing on Secret Six. And so when, um, you know, Secret Six is one of those books where characters don't necessarily make it out. And there was a, I believe there was a DC mandate where they just took out all those um sort of classic kirby verse characters um and so she was like she emailed me and said can i use your name and likeness as a knockout look like stripper and i wrote her back saying you know liana's an excellent stripper name what was my mother thinking like that was the exact <laughs> conversation and then oh, i it, love it it was sort of weird you know, this sort of inception thing, reading the book. But also then when DC Universe Online came out, I asked them, uh, I've got a character named after me in, in DC Universe. Can I use my real name in the game? The publicist looked at me like I was bullshitting for a bit. And she said, under those circumstances, no. And I'm like, well, there's a downside <laughs> here, but that, oh I mean, that's gosh. what, that's what comics used to be like, right? Like there was an interaction between creators and fans through the letters page, the fans who wrote into the letters page ended up being, you know, the writers of the next generation. Like George R. R. Martin used to write into Marvel comics letters to the editor, right? That has been lost not just with everything going, you know, internet, but also everything becoming so factional fighting that that give and take doesn't exist anymore. Everybody's just battening down the hatches. And unfortunately, there's a lot of good people fighting each other right now just because everybody's under such a huge amount of strain. And I miss the old days. Like I miss before it got really big because those days were freaking fun, man. Like 
putting Amanda Connor in a headlock as power girl and stuff like that. You could do that back then. Yeah. Right. It's not the same now because everything's gotten so big and, you know, San Diego comic-con used to be about comics before COVID it stopped being about comics. It became a media show. Yep. Right. So you don't get DC and Marvel get reduced to one panel as opposed to this is where people who love comic books can come and meet other people who love comic books. The last year I went, it was the office in twilight. And I'm like, no, what? that's not what, oh yeah. They were showing, they were showcasing the office and twilight and the line for the office was three times as long for the DC panel and Marvel wasn't even doing any programming at that My point. Goodness. It just wasn't worth the money. So I'm like, this isn't a Comic-Con anymore. Like it's called Comic-Con, but it's not about comics. No, I think the last time I went was years ago when it was Motor City um, in, in Detroit and mm -hmm. doing Big Bardo back then. You just walked around. You were just, it was just fun. Yeah. I don't even know that I would want to go anymore. Just yeah. for the, um, you always have to be so much more vigilant now than you do then. And I would love to meet, you know, some people that I haven't had a chance to, but I don't, I'd never mind it walking around, even if it was half naked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh, it was I, just, it was part of the experience. Yeah. The whole tone has changed now and it's not just worrying about harassment. It's about. I'm going to be totally blunt. Other women being shitty to you. Yeah. Now it's just so judgy and it, it, you don't even get the same creators anymore because there's just too many conventions and people got to keep in mind, you know, when they're at different conventions, like it used to be like Chicago, Motor City, Emerald City, Comic-Con, Dragon Con, right? And then they do one or two. Now every city's got a Comic-Con. The big talent can't possibly do them all. So, you know, those... What Comic-Cons were when I went all the time are not what they are now. Now they just feel like... Um, you know, you, you spend $60 to buy a badge to spend $300 inside. Yep. And it, it isn't the same back in the day. You could get a reasonably priced sketch from an artist you cared about, you know, um, you know, I met George Perez and he drew me a little wonder woman, like head and shoulders. He didn't charge. Oh, me for I it. love it. Like he, he so didn't charge cool. me for it. He just, he liked my costume. It was power girl. I think he gave me some <laughs> notes on it. Of course, I took them. <laughs> I went back and did everything. He said the epaulette was too big. And he said, change this. Like, he immediately started giving me notes. And it's like, George Perez tells me to do something. I'm going to do it. Oh, my but, God. That's awesome. But that's what it used to be like. Now, I don't think you can even get near George at a Comic-Con. I don't even know if he does them anymore. I think he retired last year because yeah. I wanted to go see him. and I Because yeah. I never got a chance. He was always one of my favorite. Lovely, and lovely man. Oh. lovely man just the sweetest person that's awesome yeah. i i i know i was gonna i think i did a video on his retirement and he had shared it on his facebook and i was like okay at least if i can't go see him at a con at least he knows you know that people yeah. still do care and it's not just all about causing division it's just it's just about people getting together and i think 
I think a lot of people miss that, but I don't know that there's necessarily any way to go back. Like you talked about the female cattiness. I feel like that was kind of always there a little bit, but never to like a political degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's what changed. We women really got, we really got knocked around the, you know, the last few years, I won't say the dreaded C word. Right. But unfortunately all women who care about comics at all sort of had to pick who was going to hate us. Yeah. Right. And that's not fair. I think people haven't recognized how that was part of the reason I got out of being so involved with comic books and got more into video games because video games is just a much bigger pool and if you get you know if people decide to be shitty mean girl we were pink on wednesdays um you know sorry on wednesdays we were pink i always invert that but um you know and they decide to get shitty that way you can jump to another game franchise or another multiplayer group it's big enough Comics is just too small and everybody got stomped by what was going on. And I really hit a, this is about nothing, a a pox on all your houses, you know, which is, is the least popular stance you can possibly (laughs) take. Right. But I'm good at that. I'm, I'm very, very good at that. Um, I'm a big um, Granny Weatherwax, Terry Pratchett fan. Uh, I have no problem with having unpopular views. If you made it this far in the video, thank you so much. And a huge thank you to Liana K. Now make sure you are subscribed with notifications on. There will be a part two and three and four coming up. And you don't want to miss it. I will see you in the next Ask the Experts. Bye-bye.